everyone, and welcome to New Way, the podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. Together, we're exploring the connections between people, their communities, and the ways that context shapes faith. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to make sure that you know we'll be gathering in beautiful Kansas City this fall, October 14th through 16th, for our national gathering. We would love to meet you there. Check out the link to the conference on our website, newchurchnewway.org. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Sarah Hayden. We would just finish, you know, our Sundays at traditional church just completely wiped out, like really disliking where we saw things going. The part that really was like this holy discontent or dissatisfaction for us was like this realization that we didn't want to sit there and talk about what was wrong with the church all the time or why we hated this or why it was so tiring for us. And so we kind of made this conscientious decision to talk about what we dreamt of church being and to whom we would be ministering and in what kinds of ways that ministry would be exciting and vibrant and fun for us, really. It was really those conversations after church coming home, um, instead of wanting to be tired in our conversations to wanting to be like energized and focused. Um, and so we take these drives and just be like, so what do we dream of church being? On this episode, part one of my conversation with the reverends Jaya and Daniel So, two of my very favorite people. They are a married couple and co-pastor Anchor City, a new church in San Diego, and one of the 1001 new worshiping communities. Our conversation winds through punk rock, risk-taking, and the strange world of church planting assessments. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. Thanks, Sarah. That was awfully nice of you. You're one of my favorite (laughs) people, too. I love you guys. Yeah. (laughs) So actually, since I mentioned that um, you both are starting a worshiping community together and you're married to one another, I I think it's fascinating because in a lot of um, a lot of church circles and denominations, there are there's a predominance of pastors who are. who are male versus female, especially in church planting. You see a lot of men planting churches, but not as many women. And it's actually, uh, I think, pretty unique that um, both on a church, um, in a church context where two people married together are planting a church in ministry together, but also that two people who are married together want to spend that extra time together. (laughs) So I would would love to start um, and have you tell us, um, what is it like to work with your spouse on all the things? Um, Yeah, I mean, we, so we've been married almost 19 years now and um, met in seminary, kind of like the story goes that I introduce myself as Jaya and I never want to get married. Um, that's, that's the story that Daniel tells. Um, but somehow we ended up getting married and actually we have always worked in the same church context together since. Um, and we do spend a lot of time together. Um, and it, uh, I think it's wonderful because we we're partners in everything. I and mean, we have different things that we do, but we get to share and talk about a lot about like dreaming about what we just see, like the work of God and the mission of God and how God is at work in the world. Um, and then part of it is that we, part of the difficulty is that we can never really turn it off because we're kind of always talking mm-hmm. about it. Um, but even in that, like we sometimes will just pause and be like, okay, there's a lot of like, ministry talk right now. Let's just take a break and talk about something else. Um, and then we have a daughter and she naturally kind of gets sucked into all of it too. So, um, now it's like a, a team of three. Yeah. <laughs> so 
<laughs> Dylan's <laughs> awesome. Your daughter Dylan is amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. How about you, Daniel? Like, um, I mean, what was it like to meet Jaya and, and know that she wasn't going to get married and <laughs> like that. like that's, that's a good well uh for the record i liked her first right off the bat yes <laughs> so, yeah um i mean as you mentioned in the church planting world it tends to be very um especially in san diego very mm. dude centric yeah um I won't name names, but uh, right when we were in that the thick of discernment and getting ready to to maybe launch into this new thing, um, a friend invited us to this church planters gathering and assured us, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be um, the setting that that's going to be uh, uh, all these uh, church planters, and uh, you should come to this lunch. And so so we went, and we walk into this room of about eighty people, and they're all men. And, uh, so Jay is the only woman in the room and we're like the only people of color. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it, that alone is not, you know, and I spilled my iced tea everywhere. Just made a spectacle <laughs> of myself. <laughs> like, this is why we don't allow women. It was, it was silent protest. What is this? Yes. <laughs> but I, I mean, I have to say that that was kind of typical of our experience up to that point. Um, you know, our, our city is kind of a hotbed for church planting. You, you'd be amazed at how many people feel called uh, to plant a church in San Diego. And so um, we, we're we in this environment and just kind of hearing all the dude talk and it's all the guys and men and all this stuff. Um, so for me, um, it, these, you know, really, I think uh, being able to plant this church together, um, one of my personal greatest joys is seeing Jaya get to flourish uh, in her leadership gifts and really with vision, leadership development, um, the stuff that you would typically think of as like a lead pastor. Um, it's, it's really amazing. I think that's one of the things I love about the new church world is that we get to join God in the front edge of transformation. And that's something that I see played out, um, just kind of day to day in, in how we operate. Um, and I have to say too, uh, when we were in the thick of that discernment, I'm just giving all these bad stories, yeah. um, but the first sort of informal assessment that we got, um, someone met us and was like, you guys are not a fit at all. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> right. And we kind of looked at each other like, whew, oh, good. We don't yeah, have to do this relief. now. Right. <laughs> and then of course, you know, God being very funny, uh, here we are, you know, five or six years later, uh, right, right in the midst of this journey. But yeah, I think that's been, um, just such an, such an honor to really see, um, uh, Jaya be able to use the fullness of, of her gifting and her calling. I paid him to say that. Yeah, that's right. You guys are yeah. so good. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is this is a great story about the assessment. Yeah. Was there something that they pointed to that you look back on and that was like, this is why you're not a fit versus this is why you would be a fit? Do you remember yeah, that? We just didn't fit the profile. Mm. Yeah. Like they just they had a profile. They were looking for folks who were kind of like, yeah, like more kind of like, I guess, aggressive or entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we're not entrepreneurial, but we just weren't like the, you know, um, if you meet us, we're kind of like 
the second time we were assessed, and this time through 1001, we were actually told that one of the things that we should work on is being overly deferential, you know, and I don't like, know if that's to not like be a, a that product. way or to be that way. <laughs> yeah, no, to not, okay. to not be that way. And I wonder if that's kind of like, <laughs> kind of like what came through is like, we just weren't like the extremely like go-getter types, maybe, mm -hmm. um, you know, just didn't fit the profile of being like type, type A or um, like overly outgoing. Um, I sense that you guys are very, um, you're highly collaborative people. Like we've worked together on yeah. conferences and on different projects. And I find what's exciting about being with you all as um, when we're collaborating and, and to see you all as spiritual leaders is that you're open to different possibilities. Uh, I just had yeah. this, com I wonder what you think about this conversation yesterday with someone who was saying that often early on in ministry or early on in a career, people feel this sense that they, that their responsibility as a leader is to help ensure a certain kind of an outcome. Like, Okay, mm -hmm. when we enter into this project with the city or when we take on this new thing, my leadership is good if the thing that we wanted to have happen happens versus as we grow in wisdom and just realizing um, that part of the work is the journey and part of the manifestation of God's activity is being open to different things happening and, and that you can't control that. I'm wondering, like, that to me comes through from you guys. I don't know if that's deference or just attentiveness or something. No, yeah, actually that... Do you see that in yourselves? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, one of the things, like, there's two things that I'm hearing that totally speak to, like, just our experience, or my personal experience and maybe our experience together is, like, one... Um, like that sense of like the church planting new worshiping community journey is really um, like when we started, I had this sense of like, oh, yeah, we're going out there and we're doing, you know, being part of God's mission in the world and helping to develop folks into their faith and helping them grow. Um, but the more like I get into this, the more I realize like all of the amount of the work of work that God is doing in my own life to develop me as a person mm -hmm. and as to develop me as God's child, which has been, I mean, it sounds so selfish, right? But, um, it, that's been like a huge grace. Um, so yeah, I, um, yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, and then the other thing is the, the collaborative aspect is, you know, as we've done this together and I look at our friends who have kind of started new worshiping communities, um, I couldn't imagine doing it without a partner, whether it's your spouse or someone else or having just like a really good team because that collaboration is so important and it's the support is so helpful. Um, and, you know, I've heard it time and again, but there's a reason why Jesus sent out the disciples in twos, right? Um, and so mm -hmm. it's just that I happen to be lucky enough to do it with the person that I live with. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys have um, some of the same swings? Like there are downs and ups in any kind of job um, and certainly in starting a church from an organic standpoint, you know, from the ground up. Like, do you find that you guys go through those swings together or is it often that one of you is feeling um, really assured in the direction or in the sense of calling and the other is down and you compliment each other in that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, and it's, it's sort of, uh, like when we do premarital counseling and we talk about that journey of like, uh, being one in Christ and yet still distinctly yourself, um, 
Mm-hmm. And one of the phrases that that I love that uh, Jay often shares with folks is that the burden becomes halved and the joy becomes doubled. And that's that's kind of the experience that we have. Um, so there are definitely moments where I think just like anyone who's in vocational pastoral ministry work, um, the lows can be pretty low. And so it's nice to have someone to lean on. And uh, I think we, yeah, I think we play off each other really well in terms of reminding each other um, what God is doing and uh, the ways that we can encourage each other in that Um yeah, and I'm I'm grateful, Sarah, that you feel like <laughs> the the open posture that because um, I, I feel like that's been a huge um, sort of area of personal growth for me in pastoral work. Um, like I often reflect back on when uh, I went to seminary in response to God's call. Uh, I was right out of college, and um, I always think back to like what a jerk I was. Like there's this know-it-all who's gonna like pre. Everybody's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm know. just I look, kidding. <laughs> I, I look at myself and just think like the the sort of foolishness of thinking that ministry equals preaching. That that's somehow. Mm. Um, and I think that ties into like why we, yeah. like Jaya said about why we were not assessed initially as a good fit. Um, cause it was kind of like, well, can you draw a crowd? Can you be like that charismatic central figure? And we were like, uh, no, no, definitely not. And so that, that turned into, well, why are you doing this? And we're like, I don't know. I don't, why are we doing this? But yeah, I mean that, I think that's been a, a journey where it's like, instead of the, the sort of top down executive kind of thing, um, just being comfortable, um, leading from the middle, being part of the community and, um, working to, um, awaken God's dreams and empower people to live that out versus, you know, here we are, the leaders, we we've got a new banner this year, follow our vision. And where can we plug people into that? And, learning to be comfortable with that open-ended sort of as God is, uh, empowering people to live out God's dream for their lives and for the city through them. Uh, that could be a lot of different things and being comfortable with that unknown sort of possibility. Yeah. I I think we often say it like, if the two of us can do this, then basically anyone can do this if they feel like that's God's calling. Yeah. So I mean, I guess it's a good, (laughs) well, um, I, 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 <laughs> that would surprise me, but I would love to get your insights on that. Like, what does it take then if, if the bar is really low, like, what does it take? What do you think it takes to, to do this? Work? <laughs> uh, we're just, we're just question. here to encourage people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, Hey, if we can do this, <laughs> um, what does it take? I think Well, okay. So like the way that we started was kind of like from this, we were working in a traditional church context and in a lot of ways feeling really dissatisfied. Mm -hmm. Um, and like actually kind of feeling a little bitter and burnt out. Um, and so then it, we had to change the conversation from what do we feel like bitter about or burnt out about to like, what do we really dream about and what do we really hope for? Um, and in like the church, like, mm-hmm. and what we see that the, the way the church is moving. Um, cause we knew that if we were going to start something, we didn't want to start from a place of like bitterness or feeling burnt out or just like feeling like we wanted to like upend the table and just do something new. Um, and so I think that's initially, it's just, um, I think part of that question, what does it take? It takes some dreaming mm-hmm. and maybe like, a you know, we hear the phrase like holy dissatisfaction sometimes. And, um, I think, 
that's or a holy discontent, right? Um, and I think that that's um, true for us, at least, is that's where it started from. And um, lots of prayer, uh, lots of tears. I'm wondering, you have mentioned the sense of holy dissatisfaction, that there was something um, sacred that motivated you to do that. And it was a sense, was it a sense of what was not available that you didn't see widely available as a Christian community for people? Yeah, I think um, so what ended up happening is we would just finish our time at, you know, our Sundays at traditional church just completely wiped out each Sunday mm-hmm. um, and like really disliking um, where we saw things going. Um, and um, I think the part that really was like this holy discontent or dissatisfaction for us was like this realization that we didn't want to sit there and talk about what was wrong with the church all the time or why we hated this or um, <laughs> why it was so tiring for us. And so we kind of made this conscientious decision to talk about what we dreamt of church being and to whom we would be ministering and in what kinds of ways that ministry would be exciting and vibrant and um, and and fun for us, really. Um, and so I think that's where really we began to think like, even though the initial assessment was kind of like, you guys aren't a fit because you're not these entrepreneur, entrepreneurial go-getter types, um, we thought maybe there's something more to this. And so it was really those conversations after church coming home, um, instead of wanting to be tired in our conversations to wanting to be like energized and focused. Um, and so we take these drives and just be like, so what do we dream of church being? This um, was the two of you at the time? Mm-hmm, the two of us, because we've always cool. worked yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, kind of um, pinpointing people that we thought might be excited about the idea, coming alongside the idea with us, too, and like approaching them very gingerly, yeah. <laughs> just being like, hey, we're thinking about doing this thing. What do you think? Um, yeah. and that was- <laughs> Every entrepreneur or church planner has that moment, right? Of like when you say it out loud to someone you might even care a lot about for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I have this idea. Yeah. Do you remember the first person you talked to about that? I do. And this was another funny, because it's kind of like that initial assessment moment also was that we basically in our prayers, we were like, okay, God, we're going to ask these six people um, if, and it was like, I think it was three couples, essentially, like three Mm -hmm. families. We're going to ask these three families if they want to come alongside us and do this together. And if any of them if like a single one says, no, we're not going to do it. And we were like, <laughs> it's not good to test God, but you know, <laughs> clearly we're like sitting there just like you testing start God. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. So we were just kind of like, we're, we're going to, we're just going to ask them. So we, we did ask. And I remember the first family that we did ask was the family that we were kind of closest to. And we also knew that for them, um, like they didn't, they, they dreamt of church being something different too, because we'd walked with them for a while in friendship and um, like, like church, like the larger church, not just local church. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and I think too, like we told everyone, here's like the idea was, here's this idea. We'll give you six months, which was, I think, to like Easter. Um, to think about it, to, like, to consider to this. To think about and pray about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and then, and then like, like we're starting. Okay. <laughs> well, and then it was kind of like, okay. And then from six months from there, we'll kind of decide, but it was really funny. I'm pretty wow. sure like everyone that we talked to didn't even need those like six months. They were just like, wow. okay, yeah, we're in. Wow. <laughs> so that was like another, like, oh no, kind of moment. Like they all said, yes. <laughs> yeah. We gave yes. it a, nice, a long on-ramp so that people could get off wherever they wanted. <laughs> right. Right. Well, like, well, we'll see you after Easter. <laughs> yeah. You might change your mind. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Did they all know each other? They Six did. people? Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. So they were, it was like a group, I think that everyone was pretty comfortable with. And also the idea of um, church being more than just a gathering place on Sundays to do like, you know, worship. Um, and I think that's really where it began. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where did it, when you think about that post Easter after the discernment on ramp is has closed, um, what were the first steps that you guys took as a little community? Well, we um, our first gathering place was at the living room of that very first family, and that was. Um, I mean, those were definitely um, exciting times. Like, you know, only being five years into this, we still have a lot of firsts and uh, things are still new and fun uh, when Mm -hmm. people ask. But I think especially in those moments, it really felt like uncharted territory, like we're um, just stepping into whatever it's going to be. It was pretty open-ended. And I think we're really, um, I think one of the, one of the characteristics from the beginning, and and I think this is probably what drew us to those those three um, core families, is that they have just a lot of warmth and generosity, and we knew, um, you know, just based on kind of how how Jaya and I had um, just self discovery and kind of ministry gifts and life experience, like we we weren't going to be. Um, the big crowd attractors. And um, we didn't want to be sort of the religious professionals um, with consumers showing up, you know, uh, for for the goods and services every week. Um, And so, yeah, having those three families that were really um, turned outwards to the the community, they uh, naturally were drawn to people who were kind of at the edges of different things. Um, And I don't even know if they would have... articulated that out loud. Um, but we saw it in, in the way that they expressed their love for Christ and love for people. And so that really just kind of became the character of the group from the beginning. Um, so, uh, from the point that we started in a living room, um, to where we're at today, I mean, probably, you know, some, some of the mechanics of like worship gatherings and all that stuff has changed. Um, but I would imagine that the heart of it is still pretty similar in terms of, um, being grassroots, um, being, being sort of from, uh, the bottom up rather than top down. And I think it's really helped clarify for Jaya and myself, like, how do we, how do we see our role as pastors? Like if we're not the religious professionals on the front, uh, delivering the goods and services week in and week out, then, then what are we? Mm-hmm. And I think we, we've kind of realized like our goal as pastors is to awaken and empower uh, the dreams that God has for every member of the church. And so we come alongside them rather than people plugging into you know, the vision of the pastors and we need X, Y, and Z to fill in these holes. Um, but instead it's, it's the more open-ended um, sort of flip of that where uh, 
you know, is if God is at work, which God certainly is, uh, in each person's life and, and God's dreams for them and through them, how can we be a part of making that happen and encouraging them down that path? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, there was this moment too, like as we were starting, um, where we kind of were like, we don't know if who is going to come alongside us. And so we actually said to each other, like in five years, which is actually at this point now, in five years, if like everyone who starts with us, which was in the end, like a group of about 15, I think we got up to like 15 to 20, including all the kids at that point. Um, if everyone who started with us eventually moves out of the space that we're in, like, um, space, not like a, like an, like a physical space, but the space that we're in and is really doing what they feel God has called them to, Hmm. but the church doesn't exist anymore. You know, we'll still count it a win. Yeah. Um, and which was really important to us because, you know, we're, we're like Asian American, right. And so we don't like to fail at things. (laughs) Um, but it was like a good way of like, just kind of flipping things and talking about like, what is success, even if it doesn't exist in five years, you know, and, what really is like kind of a way of fulfilling what we see our personal calls to be. Daniel and JSO on the New Way podcast. On our next episode, part two of my conversation with Jaya and Daniel, we're going deep to talk about discernment, emptiness, and living a life that matters. Daniel has a blog in which he muses on things like punk rock and Christianity. Head on over to headsparks.com to check it out. You can find out more about Jaya and Daniel's church at anchorcity.org. By the way, you are cordially invited to join us and the folks you hear on this podcast at the National Gathering for 1001, which will take place in beautiful Kansas City this fall, October 14th through 16th. Check out the link on our website for a list of speakers and events. Special thanks to the forward-thinking leaders of the Presbyterian Church USA who first launched this movement and to the Presbyterian Mission Agency and leaders like you Thank you for listening to New Way, podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. Our producer is Martha Ames Sanders. You can visit our website, newchurchnewway.org, and see stories and photos of the humans involved in this movement on Instagram at 1001NWCPCUSA. Catch you next time.